Today on Not Sam Wrestling, independent superstar Allie Catch is our guest. Pat McAfee making waves again on commentary. SummerSlam is announced and a whole lot more. This is Not Sam Wrestling. This is Not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Hey, welcome. Hope everybody's good. Welcome to Not Sam Wrestling. If you're listening on time, happy Monday. Appreciate you all being here. We got a big show. It's going to be a really fun podcast today and a lot to talk about. I mean, it's really amazing looking at where wrestling is right now just because there was there's like a lot of wrestling, a lot of sports entertainment, I'll say. This is a big weekend for sports entertainment, and there wasn't even a pay-per-view. You know, you had an AEW pay-per-view last week. You got a WWE pay-per-view next week, right? Hell in a Cell. And you would think this would be a weekend off, but the way wrestling is today, not only do you have professional wrestling on two, three of the biggest television networks in existence, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, four nights a week, every week. But even on weekends when you don't have a pay-per-view, you have a whole bunch of stuff going on. Uh, before we get into everything, if anybody's getting tired of the ads or whatever on the podcast, of course, you should know by now, you can get Not Sam Wrestling ad-free. It drops early. As soon as I'm done recording, it drops early and ad-free every single week over at patreon.com slash Wrestling. We also do a bonus show every single week at patreon.com slash Wrestling. Thursday, Not Sam Thursday, every Thursday over there. Uh, but this week, the bonus show went out to everybody. If you're looking at this podcast feed right now and you're scrolling through, if you're listening to the audio, uh, you can, I'm sure, uh, see that between last Monday and today, there was another podcast. There had to be. We had to go kind of uh, in-depth and just get some feelings out, have a therapy session about all the WWE releases that happened last week. So we talked about that in-depth uh, over there. And so whether you're on Patreon or not, you have access to that. But with that in mind, it more illustrates how interesting I think the wrestling industry post-pandemic is going to be because the outlets haven't gone anywhere. The outlets, to the internet, if anything, people are watching content on the internet more because the entire time that we were locked down, what were you doing? You were streaming stuff. You were finding stuff on YouTube. You were finding stuff on various platforms online beyond television. Uh, the appetite for it has not waned even slightly. If anything, people want to participate in it more. People want to celebrate the fact that they can get out of the house again. And I think they want to go to wrestling shows. And I think that there are a lot of uh, superstars, a lot of athletes, a lot of competitors that want to get back in front of people and are going to be doing some amazing stuff because they can finally feel what that reaction feels like again. I really think that when you look at performers across the board, when you look at what I think the majority of professional wrestlers that have professional wrestling in their blood are going to be feeling, it's the fact that they no longer, at least in the short term, take the audience for granted. Not that they ever did in like a super negative way, but just the fact that you would never consider, oh, I wonder what it would be like doing this in an empty room. And now people know what it would be like doing this in an empty room. And I think there's an even higher value on the fact that you get that instantaneous reaction to the things that you're doing 
inside the ring, and I think that's going to lead to some amazing things. You also have a lot more talent out there. I think that that there are a lot of people that not only honed some pretty great skill while the pandemic was going on, but WWE is no longer in a mode where they're trying to make sure that they have as much talent under their umbrella as possible. They're a lot more comfortable, obviously, I would think, with talent being out there, out in the world and seeing what can happen. And I think that that all of these things, as well as a lot more, are going to infuse so much health into sports entertainment at large. And I say sports entertainment and not just wrestling because I think it goes beyond just wrestling, quite frankly. I mean, look at what you had this weekend, right? You had the NWA doing a pay-per-view and doing a set of television tapings. The pay-per-view obviously aired this weekend and the television tapings will air after, but they're back to studio wrestling and they're back to having an audience. Ring of Honor, I believe. I think Ring of Honor announced that they're having fans back. Uh, Impact announced that they're having fans back. GCW uh, over on the the Fight app, which is where you get the NWA pay-per-view, was also running wrestling all weekend on Saturday and on Sunday and on Saturday night. And I think on Friday afternoon they did something, and I saw something on YouTube that was after hours. They had like three or four shows if you want wrestling going on this weekend on their app. And they had some amazing stuff going on. And don't try to tell me that this Floyd Mayweather Logan Paul fight, which, by the way, I haven't seen it yet. At the time of this recording, the fight has not happened. But honestly, I think that Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather has way more of a place being covered on a show like this than it does on these sports networks that would never show wrestling the time of day anyway. I mean, there's nothing about Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather that's not sports entertainment. You know, I mean, is it sports? Is it with a... 50-pound weight differential and no judges. A guy who's the greatest boxer in the world, 50-0, and 0, versus a guy who's had one professional fight against another guy from YouTube and lost. I'm not saying that the Paul brothers don't take things seriously, especially uh, Jake. But Logan Paul obviously takes it seriously, too. He's in amazing shape like this. It's a real thing. I love the Paul brothers. I think they're geniuses. But that whole thing, that whole fight, it's 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 even more so than Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather was, but Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather. As much as both of those men are athletes, so is every sports entertainer. I think that that these fights that we're seeing that are, are becoming the most popular thing in bo- boxing, I'm sure boxing purists want to believe that the money is in just the two best boxers in the world going one-on-one, but like when you look at what has happened with these super fights and when you look at what has happened on Triller, And when you look at all this stuff, it's pretty clear that unless you can build giant boxing stars, the big money is going to be in these kind of carny boxing matches, which I love. I love way more than regular boxing matches, but that's probably because I love sports entertainment, and there's nothing about that that is not sports entertainment. So between the NWA and GCW, Tournament of Survival and Zombie Walk and their shows, and the Mayweather-Paul fight, Plus, if you're trying to catch up on the Mick Foley A&E documentary, the Bret Hart A&E documentary that was on on Sunday, Dark Side of the Ring on Grizzly Smith from Thursday, AEW on Friday, SmackDown on Friday before AEW, it's incredible. You know, there's all these rumors of, oh, is WWE going to go on sale? And we talked about that. And I don't think, you know, at least in the immediate, that that's something that 
is going to happen. At some point, maybe. Who knows? But that's... Not only is that so beyond us, but as wrestling fans, but if anything, the ability to become a star in the world of wrestling, I don't think is going anywhere anytime soon. And I don't think the industry is going anywhere anytime soon. It really is an amazing thing. And I get really excited about it, you know? I get excited when I see something like uh, Andrade popping up on AEW. Because you look at Andrade and you go like, when he was in NXT, amazing. Some of the matches that he had in NXT were match of the year caliber. Multiple Andrade matches in NXT, especially when you look at how he started. You know, he didn't start in the main event. He didn't just waltz in to the title picture. He started, he had to try to find himself. He got paired with Zelina Vega. He kind of was repackaged a little bit, and boom, it was off to the races. And once he ascended to that level, he was, he, was, he was put in a position where it's like, we might go all the way with you. And when he got an inch, he took a mile. When they gave him an inch, he took the mile. And it was beyond impressive to see what he was capable of. And he never reached those heights on the main roster. So it led people to think, like, why is this not happening? Why on a Raw or a SmackDown wouldn't Andrade be in the position to be a heavyweight champion of the world. Why wouldn't he be a universal champion contender? Why wouldn't he be a WWE championship title contender? And you know what? Now that question gets answered because he's out in the world. Is he going to, are we going to see something out of him in AEW that we were like, yep, this is what WWE missed the boat on. Are we going to see something from him in AAA that we're going to be like, yep, that's what WWE missed the boat on. I think probably yes. I'm an Andrade fan. But then there's the other side of the coin. It could be like, oh, that's interesting. He didn't quite reach the level that I thought he was going to reach in AAA or AEW or any of these other promotions. That happens too. I don't think it's going to happen for Andrade specifically, but in general, that happens too. And it and it and it becomes that I, I feel like the wrestling industry as a whole is getting back to a place where the cream rises to the top, where skill level wins, industry as a whole above all else. Because the stuff that I'm talking about, that's just America. When you start bringing in AAA, you got Mexico, New Japan, obviously in Japan. You know, I think that 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 as the COVID restrictions are released, uh, I, I think you could see some, some new health being injected into the UK independent scene. You know, I think that that's, 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 poised to make a, a tremendous comeback. I just think the wrestling industry is at a very, very, as a whole, healthy place right now. And it's really fun as a fan to see. There's just so much fun stuff going on right now. And it makes you feel even more like that when the SummerSlam announcement happens. And you're like, not only, you're already excited, right? Like you knew SummerSlam was going to be in front of people. The Thunderdome is done next month already. The SmackDown before Money in the Bank, which is the July pay-per-view after Hell in a Cell. We got one pay-per-view left. We got the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. The one after that, that's Money in the Bank. And the Friday before Money in the Bank is when fans are finally back. Arena for SmackDown. Arena for Money in the Bank. Arena for Raw. And so on and so on and so on. August comes, celebrating the ending of the summer. And SummerSlam, for the first time, is in a stadium. It's in Vegas. Now, I don't know how the Vegas stadium works. I'm assuming there's got to be at least some kind of retractable roof on it 
because I can't imagine how unpleasant it would be to sit in an outdoor stadium in Vegas. And keep in mind, since it's Vegas, it's earlier. They're probably not going to start the pay-per-view at 10 o'clock at night. So you got to imagine 7, 6, 5, 4 p.m. in the Vegas sun in August is probably not going to be the most comfortable thing. But I'll bet that there's a retractable roof or something because it's not like the, uh, I think that's where the Raiders play. So it's not like the Raiders could get away with only doing night games, right? And even if they could, the Las Vegas nights are hot too. But I am, I'm, I'm so pumped at that news. I'm so excited that SummerSlam is going to be in a stadium. And when stadium shows get announced, the reason that every show isn't done in a stadium, because why not? If you could run a stadium every time, stadiums are amazing. It's because stadiums are only amazing when you can sell all the tickets, right? You, I mean, if you're only going to sell 10,000 tickets, booking a stadium is probably not the smartest thing in the world. You're not going to make your money, and it's going to sound like an empty building because there's you know a small arena full of people in a giant stadium. So you got to figure out, and this is the question about WrestleMania. I don't think, when you talk about WrestleMania, I don't think that the question is, should it be one night or two nights? Because clearly it's better as two nights. I can't imagine anybody saying WrestleMania is better as one eight-hour show. It's absurd. Nobody was leaving WrestleMania going, man, I'm so glad that these shows are eight hours long now. But I also don't think that wrestling fans want anybody to get wiped off the show. I, I you know, I, I, having a two-night WrestleMania two years in a row is a fun thing. I enjoy it. The question is, can it be a two-night event? Can it be two stadiums full of people? And you go, well, this year they did stadiums for two nights. And it's like, yeah, because they were selling like 25,000 seats each night because of social distancing. You know, you're going to Dallas— I think Dallas is next this coming or next year, I guess. The next WrestleMania, I think, is in Dallas. Dallas, last time they were there for WrestleMania 32, I want to say, they said 100,000 people were in that stadium. If you're doing it twice, if you're doing it on a Saturday and a Sunday, you have to find two shows, two nights full of talent that will sell 100,000 seats each night. Now, look. That might, it's not like that's not doable. I think that most, most people who buy tickets will buy tickets to both nights. You know, I can't imagine that many people buying tickets to WrestleMania on Saturday and then going like, yeah, I'm going to call it a weekend and go home. People don't leave WrestleMania early. I can't imagine that they're not going to buy a ticket to go to night two as well. But. That's also going to make the ticket more expensive, which means you're 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 going to have to have still high caliber stadium level main events both nights. Think about these stadium WrestleManias. That's where Brock gets called in to do the big main events. Ronda Rousey, John Cena, Undertaker. You know, like these these, these giant names. You're building something real special with Roman Reigns. You're building something really special. But, like, you can't, it's not enough to just know we're going to continue on. As, as much as the Jay Uso, Jimmy Uso, Roman Reigns story is one of the best things that WWE has literally ever done, the story itself is not enough to sell 200,000 tickets. You're going to need a big match. You're going to need two big names to put on the marquee that's going to draw people in that maybe aren't watching SmackDown every single week. 
or at least even if they are watching SmackDown every single week, that'll make it worthwhile to go like, you know what? I'm going to travel internationally. I'm going to travel, you know, from the other side of the country, you know, staying inside the country even. And it'll be worth it to go to that show. For SummerSlam, SummerSlam's never been done in a stadium because that would mean, at least recently, you would have had to do two stadium shows in the United States in the same year. That's a tough, tough thing to do. But they're doing it this year. So the question starts coming up. Who is it going to be? Who is going to be that main event for SummerSlam? Now, you look at the roster that we have. Clearly, I I would have to imagine that Roman Reigns is is there, right? Like Roman Reigns is the marquee. And this is don't get it confused with WrestleMania. This is one night. This is one stadium full of people. And you might say, well, you know, people would just be so excited to get out of the house because COVID's over that, that they'll just go. And that's not necessarily true. WrestleMania did not sell out in one night. And this is going to be a full month after tickets have gone on sale. Like, people will have had opportunities to go see WWE Live. They might wait and go to SummerSlam. And I don't know what the deal is. They're doing it on a Saturday. I don't know if that's better or worse. I'm not in the ticket-selling business necessarily. Um, but I do think that it's going to have to be a giant WrestleMania-level SummerSlam main event. Maybe two. Maybe one for each show, quite frankly. So, and I don't know how many tickets the stadium in Las Vegas sells, but, I mean, it's got to be 60,000 plus, right? So I think, like, what are the big matches that you've been waiting for? You know, I and I think, I, I with Roman Reigns, it's interesting. Because there are matches that you've got for Roman that are stadium-level matches. And they could be one-on-one. Like, I don't think you can do Edge versus Roman one-on-one as a stadium main event now because you made it a triple threat for WrestleMania. So it doesn't feel like, unless there's a spectacular story going in or something like that, it doesn't feel like you're adding to that. It feels like you've taken away an element. You're taking away the third participant. Um, So what are the matches for Roman? Well, of course... Roman Reigns versus The Rock is the one that everybody's waiting for, right? Head of the table, Anawaii family, the Usos, the whole thing. Like that, that at some point, this has to go there. We have to find out who the head of the table is. Roman has never had a character that clicks the way this one clicks. Roman Reigns is Jordan. Roman Reigns is the guy who is playing on a different level. Roman Reigns is the guy who, through his performance in the ring, is primarily responsible for the success of the entire organization. That's the story that we're being told with Roman Reigns. But is he bigger than The Rock? Is he better than The Rock? Is he more valuable to the WWE than The Rock? That's what we need to find out. Who wins in a match between Roman Reigns versus The Rock? Could that happen at SummerSlam? Yeah, it could, right? I don't know what Roman is going to be doing at Hell in a Cell. He may not even have a match. If he does, maybe it'll be involving with the Usos. Um, maybe, depending on who wins Money in the Bank, you've got, you've got a solid two months coming off of Hell in a Cell to tell a story. I don't think The Rock can just show up 
two weeks before SummerSlam and be announced. I mean, if he does, then it would still work. If you just simply announced it's Rock versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam, people would buy tickets to that. Rock wouldn't even have to be on TV to necessarily promote it. If you just announced that was happening, then you could do that. Um, but I feel like there would have to be a catalyst. Now, you could look at Money in the Bank, and you could say, well, what if somebody returns for Money in the Bank, wins the briefcase, and then announces they're cashing in at SummerSlam? That's in July. Money in the Bank. Possible. You could have Brock Lesnar become a two-time Money in the Bank winner. And Paul Heyman looks shocked. as Brock, Paul Heyman didn't know Brock was coming back. And now Paul Heyman's got to make the choice. Is it going to be Roman or is it going to be Brock? Whose corner is he standing in? All of a sudden, he's sensational Sherry and we're watching Rick the Model Martell and the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels go one-on-one, promising not to hurt each other's faces. Except Brock Lesnar versus Roman, they probably won't make the same promise. You know, I, I still want, I mean, the Brock Lesnar-Roman match is another match that has to happen. The same way Rock versus Roman has to happen because the story is there. Brock versus Roman has to happen because with Paul Heyman, the story is there. I still want to see them do a, a two-man power trip tag team thing before we eventually get the match between Brock and Roman. And maybe that's what you have at SummerSlam. Maybe the SummerSlam, I mean, here's the thing. You could, for a SummerSlam Stadium main event, do Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar versus the Usos. But can you get the Usos to the point where they can be the good guy tag team in a stadium main event? You know, is can you get to a point where that is not as one-sided as it sounds right now? You could... But I don't know, and is that the main event? Or would they then have to come up with something more on Raw? Because for me, the Raw match, like the match that I want to see is Matt Riddle versus Bobby Lashley. But that's not, that's just a match that I think would be good for for WWE, for Monday Night Raw, for Matt Riddle, for all these people. But it's not like a, a big marquee ticket thing. If you've got Bobby Lashley as champion, the only match that's going to sell tickets like that is Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. That's been one that people have been waiting for for a long time. And if Bobby Lash, and I, I think that if you're going to have Brock at SummerSlam this year, like within two months, I don't think we're there with the Roman storyline yet. You know, these are these are end-level bosses. The Rock, Brock Lesnar, those are those are end-of-the-game bosses. That's the, 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 there's a, a new story starts. After that match ends, depending on the result, is where the story goes. But either way, a new story begins after that match. Have we gotten to a place where we can get to the end of the game, boss? I don't think so. I think there's still more juice in this berry. I think there's a lot more meat on the bone that you've got to scrape off. And I think if you want to have a strong, the fans are back, stadium, SummerSlam show, you want two big matches. And the only way to have two giant matches on that level would be to have Brock Lesnar back, but to have him compete against Bobby Lashley. If you have Brock Lesnar challenging Bobby Lashley, what does that mean? Do you do Roman versus The Rock? Not necessarily. Again, that's the end of the game, bad guy. For me, somebody that's a stadium-level bad guy, but not necessarily end of the game, is somebody who could claim ownership over SmackDown. 
Somebody who could claim the same spot as Roman Reigns. Somebody who could sit there and say, I meant just I meant more to the company than you do right now. But I didn't let it get to my head. I didn't have to remind people. I didn't have to beg people to acknowledge me. And that's John Cena. Now we've already seen that match. And we've seen Roman beat John Cena. But that can play into this too. Roman, I passed you the torch. And look what you've done with it. You've held on to it for dear life. You haven't shared the light of that flame with anybody. You know, I, I, I think that if I could bring in whoever I brought in, I don't know about anybody's schedule. I don't know who's signed to what. I don't know anything. But I think that a, a good idea for going into SummerSlam would probably be to do both of those matches. To do Brock versus Bobby and Cena versus Roman. And those are your stadium level SummerSlam main events. And then you've still got Brock and Roman. You've still got Rock and Roman. You've still got other stuff that you can do. I mean, who knows? Maybe Brock beats Bobby Lashley. And what's the next big pay? Maybe at the Royal Rumble? I mean, if Brock beats Bobby Lashley, you can rest assured that Brock is... I feel like if Brock were to beat Bobby Lashley and become the champion, the only thing that you can do is take Brock all the way to WrestleMania and do a unification championship match between Roman and Brock, which as a match is great. I'm just not one that... I'm not pro-unificating the titles. Some people love the idea of, of, of unifying... Unificating. Unificating. I said the word unificating and didn't even stop myself as if it was a real thing. Unificating. <laughs> I'm not pro-unifying the championship. I like having a champion on each show, but... Some people feel differently. But we've all got our own opinions. You know, there was there was beef going around about uh, Pat McAfee, Bill Apter, the legend, Bill Apter. Had some stuff to say about Pat McAfee on uh, on Twitter this week uh, on SmackDown. Uh, Bill Apter, uh, who, of course, is a total legend in the world of wrestling. You know, they call the magazines that, made such an impact to the wrestling industry. I mean, there's a whole, I'm one of them. Growing up, do you have any idea how much wrestling I was exposed to just from the magazines? That's all Bill After. They're called the After Mags for a reason. But Bill After is, is generally, he's on Twitter and everything. I've followed him forever because he's a legend. He's generally not that controversial, though. He, he's more... The After Magazines and Bill After himself, I think, at least in my exposure to him, has been more about celebrating wrestling than kind of picking it apart, you know? But he did send out a tweet that said that uh, Pat McAfee's reaction to Shinsuke Nakamura made him uh, reach for his remote so he could turn off the show. And I was like, whoa, Bill After. Why don't you tell us how you really feel? I was surprised by it. Bill After doesn't uh, doesn't strike me as the type that would decide to let his uh, negative feelings out like that, especially because, you know, he's a no-name in the industry. He's entitled to his opinion. Don't get me wrong. He's perfectly entitled to his opinion and to tweet whatever he wants to tweet. And if he doesn't like something, he can say he doesn't like something. But also to me, once you put an opinion out on Twitter— 
Pat McAfee or anybody who's doing commentary on wrestling or anybody doing a podcast or anybody doing any of this stuff, you are making the conscious decision to make your professional life public. And once you say something publicly, people are absolutely free to criticize it and to say whatever they want about it. I've never been against that. I, I, I'm totally fine with it. But I don't think that there's much of, if any, difference at all between saying something on television or a podcast or on the radio and saying it on Twitter. Maybe a different size audience, you go like this, well, it's my Twitter, so I can say whatever you want. I want. Of course you can. But you've now decided to make it public. So there's no difference to me in the same way if somebody makes their professional life public, you can criticize it. If you make your criticism public, I can take umbrage with it. I can have an opinion on your opinion because your opinion was made public on Twitter. It's the way it works. So, you know, uh, I tweeted something to Bill Apter about being a hater because it was a hater comment. Like, that's a like, he's like, no, I usually like what Pat McAfee does, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, look, if, if, if you have a job on television and somebody, especially within the industry, but somebody in general just tweets out, Hey, the thing that he does on television makes me want to turn off the television. That's a hater comment. You know, it it is what it is. And that's okay. I'm just saying, but it is what it is. And Pat, God bless Pat, sent Bill after a, a tweet reply that says, with all due respect, go F yourself, right? Except he used the real word. Instead of the letter F, he used the curse word that starts with an F. And Bill Apter didn't like that. He took umbrage with that. He said it was unnecessary, which I don't understand how you could make the argument that that was unnecessary. That was a disrespectful thing to do. Yeah, yes, it was disrespectful. It's disrespectful to tell somebody to go F themselves. But it's also disrespectful to tell somebody that the stuff that you just did on TV makes me want to turn off the TV. If somebody said that about what I did, that's my, and people have. When people send tweets to, I don't usually tweet back because I don't, but like, if I read a tweet or if I somebody comes up to me on the street and goes like, uh, hey, you suck at what you did. I think to myself, hey, you can go F yourself. That's what you could do. And it's like, why wouldn't you respond that way? Why wouldn't you feel that way if somebody said that? It, like the idea that, oh, I didn't think the response was necessary. I got, The comment wasn't necessary, right? We're just expressing our opinions. You, Your opinion is? He shouldn't be uh, doing that on television. His opinion is you could go F yourself. I don't understand the, uh, the, the, the loss of communication here. Uh, but the reason that I spoke up about it was not just because I like Pat and he's a friend, you know. The reason that I spoke up about it is because Pat is bringing something, I think, to wrestling commentary that wrestling commentary needs. Pat has a pedigree, professional athlete. We all know that he gets the wrestling business. We all know that he's a fan. He's been in the ring. He's hosted pre-shows. Like well, He cuts excellent promos when he's building up to a match. Like He gets it, right? So he's got the pedigree. He takes it seriously. When you're, when you're listening to him, it sounds like he's taking it seriously. That's the other thing. That's great. But the key that Pat's doing is that he's showing enthusiasm for the product. In my opinion, 
Pat has done more for Rick Boogs than anyone. In my opinion, Pat getting as excited for Rick Boogs as he does makes Rick Boogs exciting. Not to say that Rick Boogs wouldn't be exciting otherwise, but Pat takes something that I think is cool, what Rick Boogs is doing, and brings it to level 10 all of a sudden. It's exciting. It's fun. Pat's having fun, and he reminds us that the show is fun. Pat is enthusiastic about what's going on in the ring, and he reminds us that it's okay to be enthusiastic about what's going on in the ring. If you just take it seriously all the time and you're dry about it or you're trying to call it like a like a like a, like it's sports, people aren't gonna remember why they're watching wrestling. I mean, ultimately, people like wrestling because it's almost like that little thing kicks in from when you're a kid. That you're just a there, there's a nostalgia to it, but it's just fun. It's just fun. And the idea that there's someone at the booth who's a good broadcaster, who's got a pedigree and is having fun and is enthusiastic about what he's watching. When you watch SmackDown, you don't get the impression that Pat McAfee would be, that there is no place in the world that Pat would rather be. You don't get the impression that he's there because he's getting a paycheck. You don't get the, you don't sit there and go like, oh, I see why he was hired to do this. You don't even get the impression that Pat McAfee is at home doing a whole bunch of homework. You get the impression that Pat is having the time of his life because he gets to show up, sit right by the ring, and watch wrestling with Michael Cole every week. And that, I think, reminds us that what we're watching is cool, that what we're watching is fun. And I think that, to me, that's a necessary thing in wrestling. Something... I find fun about wrestling is a lot of what's going on on the independence right now. There is a whole world of independent wrestling that, I mean, I'm watching it. It's a powder keg. It is, it is just about ready to absolutely explode. And every kind of wrestling is coming back. That's what's so exciting. That independent wrestling is not just flippy shit. It's not just wrestling school kids. It's not just, there's, death matches are back. Flippy shit is still popular. Lucha is, everything, everything. Every style of wrestling is represented. Catch, athletic, cartoony, comedy, everything is being represented on the independents. And everything is finding an audience. And everything has talented people around it. And it's so much fun to be able to see. Somebody that uh, I've been watching for a while, but I think over the last year or so has exploded is an independent wrestler who, I mean, every now and then she still is referred to as Alley Cat. I think this weekend she, they were calling her Alley Cat a little bit on commentary, but she's Alley Catch now. She's got no whiskers anymore, but she started wrestling as Alley Cat. She was a cat slash human, kind of a hybrid. She would lick her wrist, rub it on her forehead. That's how she would clean herself, the way cats do. But recently, uh, she made the change over to Alley Catch and has been, she has had some matches recently. She just had a match this weekend on, as a six-person tag 
on GCW uh, Zombie Walk that was absolutely amazing. Mance Warner was in it and Effie. and It was unbelievable. Because she wrestles, she does intergender wrestling, she does women's wrestling, she does it all. But she does it in a way where it's not like, oh, this is this is the sideshow attraction. This is a spectacle over here. There's the regular wrestling stuff, and then there's the, look at this fun intergender thing we have over here. This is going to be wacky. It's like, no. It's just a, it, it's just a match. She had a match uh, a while back in, in, in Austin with Nick Gage that we'll talk about. She had a match uh, a month or so ago with Joey Janela in Las Vegas that was out of this world. There's storytelling, and there's brutality. And it doesn't feel like you're watching like some specialized intergender spectacle. It feels like you're watching two professional wrestlers telling a story, fighting. And it's, it's, it's believable, and it's just fun. It's fun. And I like it. And as we're talking about fans coming back, one of the things that I was most excited to do was to open up the Not Sam studio again uh, to having people in person. And I was so excited to do this interview, not on Zoom. I can't even tell you. I am fully planning on having as many people in, now that we're all vaxxed and waxed, I fully plan on having as many people in the Not Sam studio as humanly possible to do this podcast. And the first person back is somebody that I've wanted to talk to for a while, somebody who I find extremely interesting, and somebody who I'm a big fan of this week on the podcast. It's Allie Catch. The Not Sam Wrestling Interview. I am very happy to have here in... The Not Sam Studio, in person, the one and only, formerly known as Alley Cat. Alley Catch. There we go. Is here. <laughs> this is incredible. Welcome. How are you? What's the haps? I'm very good. I'm very excited to be here. It's really cool to see this, like, in person, honestly. Well, well I'm, I'm, I'm excited to have you. I mean, I've been following you forever. And I, I love what's going on on the independents right now with people like you, who I feel like over the years have honed in to what they do and who they are and creating this character and creating this style that's like, I think that's more difficult to do when you don't have a body over you kind of telling you, hey, this is what we see for you. This is what we want you to portray when you're just like, no, this is what I see for myself and I think I'm just gonna go for it fully. Right. You know? I like, it, it is definitely fun. That's the fun part about being like on the independent scene is like, I do whatever I want and I create my own character, my own narrative, like as much as I can. And I do the moves I want and I can walk into a show and be like, hey, this is what I was thinking. And they'll be like, yeah, that's cool. I'm like, all right. All right. And I, I feel like that. the more you do, the more it's like that becomes a thing, right? Like when things work and you develop a reputation for doing things that work. Right. Promoters are going to be like, yeah, I mean, they trust I trust you. you yeah. Right. Right. Have you had instances where it's like, you thought something that was outside of the box was going to work and you got there and it didn't? I don't think I ever do anything like really weird yeah. or like really because I, I definitely like the circle that I've kept very much like get what works. So I try to like listen to them. Yeah. And so I've never been like, you know what I should do? I should just 
have a headlock for the next 10 minutes. Like, I will never do something like that. That is so scary to me. <laughs> yeah. Unless, like, it's been done really effectively when you're trying to get people to boo you, right? Yes. Like, when they expect something and you're just like, no, we're going to go headlock for... I've seen, So, like, I'll see people do that. Like, like I know, like, Ricochet Page did that where he just kept doing, like, a headlock and, like, a death match. And I'm like, that works for that match. Right. But if I walked into a regular wrestling show it and just... I just did a headlock, they'd be like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I think I've seen it done. Like Kevin Owens, he had like a match with Finn Balor, I think when they did Japan like years ago. Mm-hmm. And he did this moment where he revved up for something. Like he got the crowd really, really hot and he started running and then he run and just hooked the reverse chin lock. Oh, and it was yeah. like... <laughs> See, if you do it like that one time, it's good. Or like, like the Adam Cole, it's like run, 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 run. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Like I would do something like that, but I don't know. I don't think I've ever done anything where I've been like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> Not yet. I haven't had that moment quite yet. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I, I I really respect that you made the transition to Alley Catch, which you know, I mean, I I think it, it starts to bring out the fact that like you're a serious competitor and you have all these abilities that maybe don't get looked at first because you're doing this fun character. But at the same time, like, look, I know when I shaved my head, it was like. That was part of it, right? Like, I'm ready for this hair to go. But there were a lot of people that were like, oh, yeah, that's that dude with the curly hair. So yes. I can only imagine that when you're the lady with the whiskers. It is like, so it is a double-edged sword. It was like, it's very, like, people knew who I was. Like, girl with whiskers, like, petter belly, all that stuff. But then at the same time, it was like, oh, she's just this. She's just comedy. She's just character, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay. I've been put in a box. I need to get out of the box. I need to remind people that I don't just do this because I see nothing wrong with that. I love gimmicks and I love people with characters. I think you look at Dan Housen's success. Yeah. You look at Warhorse, everybody, like we all are friends and we all talk and like trade info and, you know. You have your own like gimmick click? Kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, like we talk like business and it's like, when you're easy to relate to, everybody knows what a cat is. Right. So it was very easy. It was really fun to like talk to kids. Yes. As a cat, like it was very easy to make merch for, like all that stuff. So now I'm like having new struggles. So now it's like, okay, now I'm showing everybody that I can wrestle and I'm reminding everybody what I can do. But now I'm like, what do I put on a shirt? Right. Like, what do I wear? Like, it's so weird. Like I used to be like, meow, meow, meow. And I'm like, what do I say? That's not come on like you know like there's <laughs> yeah. all these new things but it's really exciting it's really fun yeah yeah and i guess that's why it has to be darker right so there is it's because you can't just go well i'm not alley cat anymore i'm just a i'm just allison and i'm just gonna wrestle like there still right. has to be a character there right the character like so what i'm going for is i'm trying to be like the antithesis i want to be the opposite of what alley cat was alley cat was fun she's bubbly she's a, a character and so now i'm like I'm a wrestler and that's all I am. And I think characters are dumb and I don't think they're real wrestlers. And so now I'm like kind of attacking other characters, but like showing that like you need both. You need like Batman needs a Joker. Like you can't just have boring black trunks wrestler without having fun person two to like bounce off each other. Right. But it's also like a genius way to work with all your friends because now you're figuring out a way to work with all the people who have gimmicks still. Like now I get to finally wrestle Warhorse. Let's go. Yeah. 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 And I think like also when, when did you decide it's time to let go of that character? Was it when you started wrestling in more kind of an aggressive 
style that you wanted people to take notice or was it just something's got to change? It was pretty much that. I liked, like, I did a death match against Nick Gage as Alley Cat. Loved it. So cool. He rubbed glass on my belly. I was oh, I like, know. this is the moment. Yeah. So, like, I saw nothing. I never saw anything wrong with Alley Cat. But, like, I had people come to me and be like, hey, like, I think you're getting held back. Like, I think if you did this, this, this. And I, like, I for so long, I was like, no, I can get here. Like, I, I've proved so many people wrong as Alley Cat. I can keep doing it. And then finally, like... I got like a wake up call from somebody that was like, hey, like this happened. I was like, all right. Oh, wow. Like, let me try something new. Let me let me try something new and let's see if it works and let's see if it gets the reception that I need to get to the next level that I want to be at. So I was like, you you know, you can't keep trying the same ways to open the door. You got to eventually do something else. So I was like, okay, I'll I'll do something new. And I just like sat on it. It was like, I want to say like three or four months ago and I was like, okay, what am I going to call myself now? What am I going to look like? Like, what am I going to do when? And then I was like, how am I going to do this? I can't just wake up one day and go to a show yeah. and be like, all right, everybody, this is what I am now. I have to like plan how I'm going to, you know, turn it. And how do you do that on the independence where it's like, cause you could theoretically do that in one promotion and only do it in the one promotion, right? right. Like you have to do it in a way that kind of, permeate social media so people know that when you show up to GCW or you show up to any of the other uh, promotions that you're working at, that they also, those fans know too, that that character is dead, not just over there, but everywhere. That's, that's like the challenge is like, there's still people who like think of me as Alley Cat or like meow at me and whatever. And that's fine. Like it hasn't like completely, you know, infiltrated the internet, I guess. But that's what I was thinking. I was like, I need to do it at somewhere where like there's going to be eyes on it and people will see it or I need to do something big. So like I turned on Warhorse, made sure it got filmed and then posted it. And then like it got a lot of traction. And then from there on, I like changed my whole social media presence. And then at shows, I just looked a certain way and then have just like not really talked about being a cat since like not really like gave into it yeah um and so now it's like slowly like people are like turning over and like seeing okay so this is an everywhere thing like i know i turned at one place but i'm taking it everywhere right that's the that's the character in general that's turning everywhere um is that is it difficult to not give into your instincts where it's like you want to because you're having fun, right? You're like, yeah. you get to wrestle for a living, right? Yeah. And you're going out there and you're wrestling and wrestling is a fun thing. So like when you're portraying a fun character, you get to show that, right? Like the now you have to go like, okay, if I'm having fun, I can't be so visual about it, right? People can't know yeah. that I'm having as good a time as I'm having because otherwise they're going to think I'm fun. Exactly. It's hard. It's like, because I do, I like interacting with people. I love talking to kids, like all this stuff. And I love like taking photos with people. And um, it's definitely very hard because I do want to like make people believe in this new version of me. So I am like having to be like stoic on my way to the ring and like not interact with people. And like when I take photos with people, I don't smile on them anymore so that people can see more of that like on the internet when they post it. Yes. Um, like I try not to like, I don't know. I, I don't like tweet as much. I only tweet, like I used to just like, tweet as a cat and then also tweet like funny things or like tweet about my friends or blah blah blah. now it's like only matches usually like weird song lyrics about stuff like i'm trying to like really 
pull back and like close the curtain and be like a a character again, but like a more believable one, like a like. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Like, I'm a person, now, a human being like, that's yeah, not like, a, a feline creature. Like this is something you could actually perceive and like maybe believe more than like, oh, she's a cat. <laughs> sure, she is. Yeah. Like, now they're like, oh, like, what is she really like now? Like, right. This is weird. And it's also kind of like scarier, right? When you're a person, the people are watching that they're like, oh, this is a person who thinks that she's a cat that can beat people up. There's something not as scary about that because it's like, oh, this isn't real. She thinks she's a cat. Right. Where it's like, oh, no, this is just a person that can hurt people. Yeah. Now it's all of a sudden real life. That's what like that's what I want. I want people to be like, oh, like if I if I say something, they won't know. Like, is she like is she just rude now? Like, was she <laughs> was she just like a mean person this whole time? Right. Or, but it's like if you meet me, you'll be like, no, she's not like that. But still, like I want to now portray a certain way. So I'm doing everything I can. Like I'm listening to someone else I know who stays in gimmick a lot. Uh-huh. Which uh, actually, I mean, generally, it could be a lot of different people. This is true. <laughs> Honestly. It's true. But like he like he always like on the Internet, like with fans, like I, I went out to eat with him once and like a fan noticed him and he immediately like clicked on and was like get away from me tubby and i was like <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry yeah we're just trying to <laughs> like i felt so bad but now i'm like i have to do that now like right. i have to click into that and but, be believable and i'm sure that you have seen that people like that like that's it's, why people exactly. i like that's why people like that part that's why people like a lot of people though that do that you know that's why people like dan hasn't so much that's why people like warhorse right. so much that's because they're like that character just exists. I can just like this character, and if I interact with that person, it's still going to be the character. Right. Like, I, I definitely, like, as Alley Cat, you know, I meowed, I purred, like, I did things, but, like, I did talk to people. Like, I wasn't just at a roach table, like, like $20. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't do that. So I feel like now this is something people can connect to in a different way and believe more than just be like, she's, yeah, she's a cat. Right. Like, but this is a wild thing about wrestling, isn't it? That like you would think, like you said, like somebody tipped you off to the fact that like you may need to show a different side of yourself because people have perceptions. But like, I guess I would think that if I were a performer tweeting as a cat, that the industry at large would understand, right? That look at this person going the extra mile to portray this character. Clearly she doesn't actually in real life think that she's a cat, but She's going so far to portray this character. And then you find out that, like, no, these uh, people high up in the industry like, think you're weird because you think you're a cat. Exactly. That's what I thought. I was like, I was like, man, I'm like, it's fun. Like, right. it's over with, like, lots of demographics, in my opinion. Like, it's, it's you know, PG. Like, it's this, it's that. Like, it can fit in different places. Like, I still can, like, go in the ring. There's just whiskers on my face. But whatever, you know? Yeah. I'm cool with it. Like it's it's fun to do something new. It's fun to do something different. It's fun to be a bad guy now too. I've been a baby like the last like four years. Yeah. So it's cool to just be like, yeah, no. Yeah. I don't want to be nice anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think it's great. And I think it works for what you're doing. Like, I mean, I thought that the match that you had with Joey Janela at the GCW show, you know, a couple weeks ago, it was uh what was it called? Uh uh Draft Day. Yes. At Draft Day, I was like a lot of independent shows that I'll watch, like I'll watch on Fight and everything, and 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 I'm I can appreciate the match, right? Mm-hmm. 
but I generally don't go on the ride when I'm watching at home. And I don't know why that is, but like that match caught me where I was like, I'm going on the ride. Like I get, I'm, I'm not just like watching this great display of two people that are really good at what they're doing. Like I found the story in the match, which I think is rare in independent wrestling, for sure. especially because it's not episodic. Like you're, you're generally in independent wrestling. There's a portion of the audience that's just kind of, oh, I heard there's some wrestling show here, right? So that's a different way of doing things than traditionally just going out there and being like, I know exactly who these characters are, and so now they're going to tell me a story. But like, yeah, man, I, I caught the story that you guys were on, and, and I caught myself when he hit that package pile driver on you, and it appeared that you literally bounced off your head into the air. I was like... Oh my God. Like, I know that I'm watching this on tape and I know that she's coming over, but I think also she might not be alive. Oh, like, okay. So I've watched so many Joy matches. Like, I, like, Joy's been like a match that I've wanted for like a very long time. So I was like, yes, I finally got it. And that package pile driver, he usually spins with it. Like, so many times I've seen him spin with it. So I was ready to spin. And when he lifted me up, I went, oh. <laughs> That's what's so like remarkable about a lot of the stuff that happened in that match was that I feel like, and I mean, it's why you guys are so good. It's like the timing of it was so fast paced that there wasn't enough time that in my head where I could go like, okay, I've been watching this for 30 years. I know when <laughs> people are working together and I know oh, that's the moment that she realized that he was doing that. But I'm watching that going like, there's no way that either of these two have given each other any time. It's just, this is a real fight now and they're trying <laughs> to kill each other. Chest? Yeah. Oh my God. He did not like go easy on me at all, which I don't want. Like I, this, this is what I'm doing. Like I'm trying to be like, look, I can keep up. Like, this guy's on TV. Right. Like, I was able to keep up with him. Like, we did all these things. Like, hi, hello. Right. And that's also, I think, what makes the intergender thing work is that if you do it where he's, like, selling a ridiculous spot that he would never sell for a guy, exactly. it's like, what are we what are we doing this for? Right. You know? Like, this isn't, this isn't showcasing women in a different way. This is just kind of a sideshow thing still. Right. Like, yeah. I, I love intergender but like any match, like it has to make sense. Like yeah. a Rey Mysterio versus like a guy, like Rey Mysterio is not just going to be like, yeah, let me just body slam uh, the big show. Like, right. so neither am I, right. you know? Right, right, It has to make sense. Yeah. Did you, uh, and then, I mean, and I, I don't even, I'm not even, I'm not, were you hurt? At, did you have to go to a hospital after oh that match? I mean, I don't know how much I want to ask because I don't want to pull back the curtain that much, but like you getting carried out by like all your, friends it was like right. this moment and then okay joey was like almost apologizing to the audience like yeah i won but i'm i'm sorry i didn't i didn't mean to do that she's she's dead i don't know what to, i don't know what to tell you like i felt so bad because i was like i'm loving this match right now this is great like sick this is gonna be so good okay the elbow was supposed to be the finish right and last minute he goes <laughs> kick out and I was like, what? <laughs> but that was the... Okay. And he goes, blah, 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 double stomp. And I was like, what is going on? <laughs> like, it was all so fast. It was all so, so, so fast. And I already have like this really bad spot in my back. Yeah. So I, sh like, I should have been on my back for it. But it all happened so fast that I just rolled over. He put the door on me. And I was like, I'm on my stomach for this, whatever. Double stomp me. I was like, 
oh my god <laughs> like i couldn't breathe like i could not breathe he rolled me over and like i felt like it took a year for that count like i was laying there like please hurry up please hurry up <laughs> i couldn't like i legit couldn't breathe everybody thought my ribs were broken but it was just like this my back like seized up and everything was so tight gotcha. i couldn't move i couldn't breathe and i just was like somebody help me get out of this ring like i do not want to cry in front of this crowd right now like right. that's the only thing i was like hurry up and get me away from everyone like yeah. this is so embarrassing <laughs> please and then they carried me in the back and i just sat in a chair and was like oh like breathing and then joy came back there and he's like what happened are you okay i'm so sorry i was like it's okay just give me <laughs> and like 20 minutes later i was able to breathe again and i was like oh okay, let's go see Moxley. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. If, like, I was like, I was like, if my ribs were broken, I feel like I still want to be able to breathe. Let's go. And so there's just like a spot in my back that just hurts. It just hurts to sit up. Right. But, you know, we're going to go to PT. We're going to go to a Cairo suit. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's wrestling. You're supposed to, <laughs> yeah. if you went through your career and didn't have a spot in your back where it's like, it hurts when that gets touched. So when a 200 pound man jumps from right. the sky and exactly. lands on it. It hurts there. It's like, if I had just been on my back, we would have been fine. But I wasn't. <laughs> I can breathe. It's okay. Poor Joey Janela, though. I feel like the same thing. It like, felt awful. Like, I'm sure he felt did. so bad. I was like, please, it's okay. It's, it's, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It just... But I think the same thing, like, when 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 he killed... When he destroyed wrestling uh, with Leo Rush by having that no-sell. Oh, my God. I think if I remember the story right, I think he was here and he told me it was also spur of the moment where he was like, don't sell this. And then like <laughs> poor Leo Rush is, is sitting there like, okay, I won't. And then the whole world goes like, the hell is that guy's problem? Exactly. Joey's like, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know what to, I thought it'd be cool. And it is, these are the things that we remember and all's well that ends well. Right. And like, I wanted a Joey moment, which I like, that's what I talked about. I was like, Joey always has these weird moments like he does the monkey flip lands in the chair yeah get like smokes a cigarette gets a staple yes. to him and it's just and like i threw a door at him and it just got stuck in his hair it was, was great like, it was great yes here it is and then i got like that happened at the end of it and i was like no this is what people are going to talk about i don't want them to talk about me being hurt <laughs> that was the only thing i was like i don't care that i'm hurt yeah i care that this is what people are going to remember now dang it <laughs> like the door stuck to his head like it was those like sticks coming out yes. except it was a door and then, but you also took the pile driver onto the door off the apron. That was that was another so moment, much and the package pile driver. Yes. And it's like, so you're like, okay, out of those three, we have to have something. <laughs> and then it has to be the no, 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 double stomp. Yes, I was like, what? Okay, sure, you, uh, you got it, boss. Yeah, yeah. Well, how about the? I mean, yeah. Well, you loved the, you loved the pile driver off I the apron through the door. Love the pile. So we like we're trying to think of something, and he wanted to do a brain buster, and I was like what <laughs> sir i'm scared i don't know so i pitched the pile driver and he was like what i've never he's like i've never done that off the blah, blah blah and i was like so we kept like going back and forth and back and forth of what we were going to do what we we're going to do and he's like i mean we just don't we don't have to and i was like we're doing something off the apron to the floor okay we're doing it and then we did the pile driver and we both were like yes and there's like this like photo of me just like in midair like <laughs> I'm sure you're wondering how I got here. <laughs> <laughs> so when moments like that happen, it's like the midair moment, right? The I'm sure you're wondering how I got here moment. Like that has to, there has to be a thought process while you're in the air. Are you thinking this could be horrible? And if it is, so be it. Yes. It's so weird when I wrestle. It's like time is not a thing. Right. 
I don't understand what happens in the ring when I'm wrestling, but like someone could just pick me up for a suplex and I could have a million thoughts during that suplex. Mm -hmm. But when I watch it back, I'm like, how did I think five things during that? That was like that. Right. So same thing during that pile driver. I was like, oh my God, like, I hope we make the door. Like, I hope we do this. Like, what if I slip? Like, what if he gets hurt? Like, blah, blah, blah. Million things. Watch it back. Wonder, and I'm like. wonder what my friend from high school is doing right literally, now. Literally. <laughs> like, I could be like, oh my God, I hope this guy. Oh, where's Roman Cam? Like, is this going to be on this? Like, a million thoughts. I feel like I'm in the air for five minutes. Watch it back. And I'm like, how? Yeah. I don't understand how that works, but whatever. It does. Yeah, and so, like, when you're doing stuff like that, is it frustrating that, like, there's this audience that now that, you know, everything's on the internet and things are on video, that, like, you can, those moments mean so much more than it if it were just for the audience that were there. Like, so many more people can see it, you know, and, and, and people all over can watch it. But at the same time there are other people that are only looking at your super broad strokes. So you can have this like big moment in a match like that. Mm -hmm. And people are like, Oh no, I didn't see that. I just saw the thing you put on, posted on Twitter with the promo. And you're like, I, what? I just, everything I just did. Huh? I try to like make sure like the whole thing is cause there are people who want to watch the whole match. So it's like, yeah, I want to have a whole match that makes sense and is good. But then it's like, yeah, like now I feel like people obviously like 10 years ago didn't think about this, but like now people now are like, I got to have that moment that goes viral on Twitter. Like that's like a thing everybody has in the back of their head. Like, what can I do that? Everybody's going to remember from. So like 10 years ago, people were like, how am I going to have match of the night? Like, how am I going to have right. match of the night that the crowd just loves and the promoter loves. And now everyone's like, how do I get the viral gif? How yeah. do I get that? And it's very weird to like think about, cause I still want to have like match. Of the night. I still want, I, I don't know. I still want my peers to look at me and be like, that was great. Now I want to wrestle you, blah, blah, blah. But also I'm like... You got to have a gift. Yeah, but like... Yeah, exactly. You got to have a like, gift. I mean, just, the, the gift. just the fact that you're conscious of camera placement is kind of a fairly new thing yes. in the world of independent wrestling, right? Like that was the story they would always say, like when you end up on TV, figuring out where cameras are is the new thing. But like, it's not a new thing anymore. No. Like everything's on camera. Uh, so many people, yeah, so many indies now are like, hey, there's hard cam. So it's like now... We practice like, okay, let me do my entrance to hard cam when I come out or like, hey, I've got this really cool spot. Let's make sure we do it in this corner so that it shows up like this. Right. Hard cam, like so much stuff like that now that like, oh, well, I want to make sure I get this over. So let's hit these ropes when we like, it's like a lot to like piece together and remember. But, but now that fans are back, it's kind of like, oh, well someone will record it like, right like you've forgotten like, all about like now we're just playing the audience is back let's just play to that the audience like there's 700 people someone will get a good angle of this, right <laughs> i don't know <laughs> we'll find out. how terrifying was it when the pandemic started and like wrestling just go like independent wrestling specifically just goes literally away like it was months before there were even shows in front of no fans where you were trying to figure out like i don't know can we do a donation system on the internet or something like it was a long haul of nobody working and like it's not like you're getting paid anyway right right like that's that 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 struck me as a horrifying proposition it's like so march i did the like acid cup 
right like the week of the shutdown it was like yeah. okay this is we're shutting down let's do this show um and it was no fans obviously because it was like right at the beginning so it was just us it was a secret etc um and then the next show i got to do was in june and that was in front of like a small pocket of fans so that's like three months wow so it's weird but also i'm somebody who's like gone and done those tryout things where it's like you drive to try out for beyond and all the crowd is is the wrestlers also trying out so Mm -hmm. i'm like this isn't awful because i've like done it before yeah but i don't want this to be forever right but like what are you doing for three months because it's not like also to me it's like if you know that it's going to be three months you could probably handle that right it's like i know there's another show i know it's only gonna be three months like this sucks i gotta figure out different ways to make money for three months but like it will come back. Those three months were, I don't know when anything's going to happen again. This exactly. could be three months. This could That to me is the part that I would have found terrifying and like, do I need to quit the business altogether? Is there going to be wrestling ever again? It was, everybody was like so worried and so weirded out. Like, what's it going to be like when we come back? Yeah. Like what, like, what are we coming back to? Like, what can we do when we come back? And it's like, okay, so now... You know, I we had just I had just done like two very packed GCW shows, and like we in February like we did that run rookie run show. All oh, the crowd was hot, and it was full, and it was packed. And then it's like, okay, so we get to come back, but we can only sell like this many tickets. And you're like, what? <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm so happy to be back, but you're like, this is new. Like, this is so weird to be on like these caliber of shows. Yeah. But you're only selling this many tickets. Right. It feels like you're you're at like the fairgrounds again. You're like, oh yeah. What? And should we should we be saving this show for when? And they're like, for when? Exactly. You're like, that's the that's the only thing that's been like a bummer about this is like I've had these matches. Like I wrestled Chris Dickinson at the Acid Cup, uh-huh. and it's like really wish that was in front of a crowd like right i liked that that's a match i liked like that's why i'm like oh i'm so glad the joey match got saved for like this hot las vegas crowd like i would be so upset if i had wrestled joey in front of nobody yeah like yeah come on yeah it's tough it's tough so you started wrestling in texas right like yes. that's where you kind of and that was mm, that was a, nine years ago or something like that right my cage match is wrong because i think there was another alley cat Oh, and they just combined your histories? Yes. <laughs> yes. So people think I've been wrestling for like 10 years and they think I'm from like Washington. That, yeah, that was the other thing. I was like, cool that she's been wrestling this long, mm-hmm. but like that was a long time that I had never heard of this person before. <laughs> like she must have really been like uh, just sl- slow and steady. <laughs> no, I started training um, six years ago. That makes more sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then, and that was kind of also before, like, te- like Texas is kind of booming right now. Like, everyone's yeah. like, oh, look, there's stuff going on there. Yeah, duh. It's a big state. How can there not be? Right. Um, but that was before, like, you know, people had their eyes on Texas. So I was there. And then um, three and a half years ago, I left Texas and I moved to the Midwest so that I could, like, drive. Because you cannot just, like, go on do the drives from Texas. Right. That's like 14 hours every weekend. No, thank you. Yeah. yeah so yeah. wherever you want to go, yes. it's 14 hours, it's seven hours just to leave the state. Yeah. So have fun with that. I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to move to like people that I was friends with had moved to St. Louis like years and years ago when they were like where I was. Uh-huh. So like, I was like, 
I'll do that too. Yeah. <laughs> well, why not try that? Like ACH and like Ricky and like all them, like people I like looked up to in Texas. I was like, okay. That's the move. Let me try. So I moved to St. Louis and like Indianapolis so that I could like drive to Chicago, drive to Nashville, drive to Cleveland, drive to here. And then it worked. And people started being like, hey, there's a new girl. <laughs> yeah. 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 She's a cat. All right, I guess. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> She's available for shows though. We can book yes. her on shows. Like she can work every single weekend because. You know, you've created this this hub for yourself. So when you went back to Texas and you wrestled Nick Gage, I mean, I was sitting there and I know the commentary said it was a pizza cutter, but it looked like you were getting stabbed with like a screwdriver or something in your head. And I was like, I am watching a person directly in front of their mother yes. getting stabbed in the head. And like, I'm watching it going like, nope. This is just a person in front of their mother getting stabbed in their head. Like that's that's what's that's what's happening right and that's now. That's my fault. That's truly my fault. I mean, Nick t- is like took such good care of me, and I wanted I wanted to just be bleeding buckets. Like right. I wanted to just be like, Bleh. like I took Advil, I drank orange juice, I had like a shot before. That. I was like, I'm getting this color. Yeah. Here's the thing. Getting the hair as blonde as possible so it can be like Nature Boy. Like yeah. I uh. I lost mid-match what I was going to use to get all this color. Oh. Someone last minute, last minute was like, no, don't put it there. Put it here. And I said, okay, (laughs) I'll try something new during this very important match. Because usually I put it here. I'll put it here instead. And it came time where I needed to get it ready. Mm -hmm. And I looked and I went, oh, no. And I, there was tons of broken glass in the ring already. Yeah, that's what, that's the other thing. The funny visual about that match is like you literally start the match with, glass with broken glass in the ring, which I do love. Like, because yeah, I think it actually adds to like Nick Gage and what a Nick Gage match is that like the referees and everything would be like, we're not even going to bother cleaning the glass out of the ring because it's just going to get dirty again. Yes. Yeah. But I was like looking around, what can I use? <laughs> And I literally, I picked up a piece of glass. I was like, let's try it. And I told him, I said, Nick, I lost my, I lost my thing. Yeah. Can you, and he, and he just like, we did the spot. He grabbed me. And then, um, I tried to use the glass. It didn't really work. And then that's when he just did it himself. (laughs) I was like, yeah, come on, do it. And so he really did stab me with a screwdriver. But that's right. I look like a screwdriver. There was a pizza cutter later. Right. We were in the crowd. I don't think the camera caught that. Yeah, I think I think the I think the pizza cutter came on the other side of the ring, where you just assumed it was a pizza cutter because it's you know Nick Gage <laughs> likes Nick to Gage. use a pizza cutter. Yes. Um, but yeah, the screwdriver. I was like, that's where it was like, no, that's just a stabbing of the head with the screwdriver. And he stabbed me, and I got one little trickle, and I'm just like, dude, come on. <laughs> I get one little trickle. That's you know, this is where the visual is. Like, this is where you want all the blood, and yeah. it ends up being my arms are what gets covered in blood. I'm like, right. Well, I mean, they did. They did get a real good close up of that screwdriver going in. So, it's like, true. I mean, I was it cringing. Was great. And you know? I am like, it's, it's weird because like I am feeling it and I am like whimpering and screaming sort of. But at the time, like all the adrenaline, like it didn't really, it didn't hurt as bad as I thought it would. Yeah. But watching it back, I'm like, would I do that again? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That is very scary. Well, that's one of those things that you. It's cool to do once Babe, yeah, like you like, know like would i sit here and be like oh i'm gonna talk to Allie and bring up 
all three times she took screwdrivers to the head. Like, I, I don't know if I would bring it. And then there was the other time that you took a screwdriver to the head. <laughs> you know, I don't, exactly. it's I don't like, know that it would all be necessary. What are you doing at this point? Yeah. What are you, what are you yeah. girl? Do you, and I mean, like, it was brilliant when, like, the rubbing your belly with broken glass was, like, the most brilliant thing I told him, I was ever. like, don't forget to do this. Yeah. I need this moment. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was almost, it was downright poetic, <laughs> you know? But do you brace your mom? Do you go, like, I mean, you couldn't embrace your mom because you didn't know you were going to get stabbed in the forehead because you figured that you True. were going to... True. You were going to not need to get stabbed in the forehead with a screwdriver. I told my mom, like, she, she like, watches more wrestling now. Mm-hmm. So, like, she watched it growing up, but not like... Well, yeah. You know, not like this. Right, um, right. <laughs> um, and then I became a wrestler, and so she would, like, watch my stuff. And so I was like, just so you know, like, this isn't... This isn't exactly what like you're used to seeing. Like this is like gonna be a real like I'm gonna do a real deathmatch mom. So like just just know like there's I'm gonna be like bleeding. Like I'm I agreed to like glass. I had like doors and blah 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 blah. And so did she have a few drinks? Definitely good for her. And that's probably why she flipped off Nick Gage and didn't care. <laughs> and then I saw her after the match and I was like, Mom, I I went straight to the hospital after the match. So I was like, Hey mom, I know I was gonna like hang out with you and like blah blah blah, but I. I have to go to the hospital right now. And she was like, oh. And then just like took another drink. And I was like, get home safe. Gotta go. Is that why you had to go to the hospital? Because like your hands and arms were just like. I did not want to go. Cut up to smithereens? I did not want to go. But I had two like deathmatch wrestlers in the back Mm -hmm. telling me, yeah, you're going to want to get stitches. And if they're telling me that. Yeah. When those people have the time, just duct tape stuff and go home. Like I was like. And that means I have to go. Right. They're like, yeah, those aren't those aren't super glue cuts. Like <laughs> those are professional, Brett, like medical professional. Brett was freaking out. Like I literally I could not stop bleeding. I could not stop bleeding. It was going everywhere. Like there's I have photos like that people took of yeah. the backstage and like people over on their phones and like there's just like a trail, like all these dots, like going to the back and like da 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 da. And so the thing was was Nick got booed. Like that was the first time Nick got just booed. And so, like, I get to the back, and Brett's like, yo, can you go out there and, and take something from Ricky real quick, and then Nick will make the save? And I was like, yeah, but, like, can we hurry up, man? Cause I... <laughs> and then he's, like, going back and forth on if he wants to do it. And I was like, Brett, make up your mind. Like, do you want this or not? Because, like, I've, I've got to get this <laughs> I'm going to faint. Like, please. <laughs> and then finally he's like, oh, my God. Yeah, like, never mind. He's like, Jimmy, Jimmy go get her some towels. Like Jimmy waddles up and he has like all these paper towels and he goes to give me one. He goes, ew. And literally <laughs> wipes himself off. And Brett goes, what's wrong with you, Jimmy? She's bleeding everywhere. Someone had to give me like their wrist brace so that I could like, like wrap my arm. Like this is like the scar. Like how did that bleed so much? Like I want to know. And yeah. like, it's like I had to get 11 stitches. I'm like, how did that happen so bad? What went like, was what? It, was it just the, things that were in the ring or was it going through the glass do you know what did it did it it was so i had like this one that like kept bleeding a lot during the match and it was it was just all the glass that was in the ring Mm -hmm. it wasn't i i heard it wasn't like the right type of glass that people usually use it was just glass right i'm like i didn't know there was more types so (laughs) this one like was bleeding a lot and then it kind of like coagulated over or whatever and i was like oh good phew and then he gives me that pile driver at the end which once again, that was on the fly. We did not. We shook hands, and then he goes, "Pile driver." And I was like, "Yo, what?" <laughs> Boom! And like getting 
taking the pile driver, it just dug this hand right into the, the all the glass on the mat. Oh. And like it literally just streamed. Like there's just like it just starts going. I was like, oh, that's uh oh. <laughs> that's, that's so funny. You're like, well, if we wanted like them to not boo him at the end. Could he have not just pile driven me like, after like, the handshake? Because he got booed when he won, and then we shook hands, and I was like, ah, oh, perfect. Right. We're back, baby. And then he piled driven. I was like, yo, Nick, come on. <laughs> I did, though I did think it was brilliant. Like, I love that you came out to Desperado for that yes. match. I thought it was kind of hilarious and very in character that you had the Terry Funk gear on, but it was, like, colored. Like, it, it was, was like, like, homemade. It was, like, a last-minute thing where I was like, I wanted to come out to Desperado, and then I was like... Wait, I could DIY. Girl, no. <laughs> Don't you ever try to do that again. It looks so, it like, it got over. Like, people were like, oh, I see what this is I supposed got it. to be. Yeah. But. <laughs> Especially because just... it's like, it's not like it's the toughest gear in the world to find. Like, it's just workout tights yes. that you would wear. Like, you could have. I, like, Googled for, like, a week trying to find that specific, like, type of stripes. Yeah. But everything I found was, like, too thin. Like, it was just, like, right. those three colors, like, over and over and over again. I was like. That won't. Mm -mm, that doesn't look mm -mm. like it. I'm just gonna have to do it myself. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> maybe try to do stuff way more head this time. Like, please. I guess those must have just been like super popular in the '90s. Like, I feel like because I feel like you saw other people wearing them. Right. You know, and, and Chris Candido was able to find. Yeah. Them, but maybe it was just like. Maybe they all had like a very reliable gear maker. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know, but you you got to come out to Desperado and everything like. Was there any, what's going on in your head with, with, with a Nick Gage deathmatch specifically? Because, like, they're notorious. And also, Nick Gage is clearly a professional and clearly knows what he's doing and clearly, like, a good human being. But it's still, like, once he's in there. Like, I mean, I saw how fast oh, yeah. he was running at you from the very beginning. And it's like, oh, this is on. This is on. Like, he... Like, he's one of the very few people who just loves wrestling. Yeah. Respects and loves it so much. Like, he wa tries to watch everybody's matches, talks to them about it. And so, like, when he's in the ring, he's, like, uh, he makes it real. Like, mm -hmm. he doesn't want things to look bad. He wants things to make sense. Like, if you see him, like, after a match and he's, like, fired up, it's great. And then you can see him after a match and he'll just he can be in like such a bad mood because he just it just didn't go the way he wanted like the moment that he wanted didn't happen or this didn't happen or like they didn't sell enough to the crowd like all these things and it's like he's so passionate so like i you know i'd watched him so long and like i was really getting into deathmatch wrestling and like trying to respect it and respect the art of it so like to be able to like do it with nick gage yeah. who's like the one of the tippy tops i yeah. was like yeah like i can't like i have to like give it 100 and i have to like respect deathmatch wrestling and do this with him and follow him and do what he wants to do yeah i used to do like uh like promos back in the day for Jersey All Pro Wrestling when like Nick Gage was there. Yes. And like he was the only one that I felt like I was like an eight year old terrified of Papa Shango again <laughs> who didn't understand. Like, like I was like, no, that's real. And I don't want to do a promo with him because I'm afraid of him. Like, I'm he's, scared. He's so real. Like, I, I watched And then, by the way, twice. and then like after that, I found out he robbed a bank and I was like, <laughs> like he, he hadn't robbed a bank yet. So like then he robbed the bank and I was like I told you I, I good, good I that's why I was scared. Like he's so like he's so real. He's like he doesn't want to like be seen. Like he's like no, I can't come out the curtain with this person because 
we got a match later. Like, I'll wait here. It's awesome. Like, he loves it. That's awesome. That's that's awesome. That's why, like, because I feel like uh, Moxley is the same way. Like, he just has such a deep love and respect for wrestling that when you see those two guys. He was hiding that whole time in Las Vegas. Yeah. Like, at one, I was like, I was like in the back at one point, and this man walks by, and I said, Wait, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> and someone's like, oh, yeah, you didn't know? And I'm like, no, I didn't know. Like, this is awesome. And then, like, I just was like, I was at the, everybody was at the curtain just waiting, like, after that Nick Gage match. And, like, there he comes. Like, nobody knew who was coming. Yeah. So cool. That's awesome. Both of them, so cool. That's awesome. But I also feel like, you know, especially, like, recently, not to say it wasn't happening before, but, like, what you're doing now, your level of commitment to what you're doing feels like it's, like, on a different level, like it's, it's at a hundred percent. Is that something that you're like conscious of that you're like, oh, this is like, yeah, this is how you take this stuff seriously. Definitely. Like I've, I've definitely changed who I like I'm around kind of like, not to say like people I was around were bad, but it's like now, you know, I've got like Effie. So it's like, okay, business, business, business. Mm-hmm. Like, let's treat it like this, like Dan House and like the people that I keep in my close circle, they're higher up. Like we're all where we want to be and we're going even higher. Um, I've like carved out more time for the gym now. I've carved out more time to just like watch more wrestling again and like really expand what I watch. Like it's like now I'm on, I like spent a whole month just like watching ECW. Mm-hmm before the network, you know, went away. I was like, oh, RIP. Um, <laughs> and now I'm on like this like old ROH kick where I'm just uh, like, let's watch a whole bunch of old ROH that like I didn't really ever see before. And like from start to finish. Yeah. And watch like all these storylines and et cetera, et cetera. So I'm like doing that. I'm going and training with a bunch of different people. So like I'll, I'll go to and train with these guys and then I'll go to a different city and train with these people just so I can get all these different flavors and opinions of like how to do things because everybody does everything differently and then you just pick and choose kind of like how you want to do it yeah yeah I recently put in like I was going through some box in here and like going through like wrestling DVDs that I haven't looked at in forever and like I found the Ring of Honor Summer of Punk DVD and I was like like I'm aware of this and I remember it but it was like forever since I had thought about it or watched it and I just start watching that stuff and I'm like oh my god this is so good yeah and the same with ECW stuff and like I mean it's just the thing the thing that I really like about what GCW is doing and the thing that I feel like after ECW left the hardcore stuff became just like hardcore for the sake of hardcore. And like a lot of places, I mean, CZW still did some good stuff, but like a lot of places started slowly morphing into not telling stories anymore and not really concentrating much on character development, just being like, this is the craziest thing you've ever seen. And when you go back to watch that stuff, that's really good. Like the stuff that lasts is the stuff that's like character based and story based and, yeah, I mean, that's why I think, that's why I love death matches so much is because when they're done really well, yes. like these amazing stories get told in them. I used to not like death matches because I would be like, oh, why, barbed wire train, like, why, why? Yeah. And then I don't know, I can't remember what it was, but then I like watched like a full one through and I was like, oh, this is great. And like, this is, there's like a whole other beauty to this. Like when like the glass, like, 
crashes. You're like, oh my God, like this is actually very pretty. Like, oh, there's this, like the blood, like it, there's so much more to it. Like when people do care and they don't just go, okay, here's the next thing. Here's the next thing. Here's exactly. Next. And that's just with all wrestling. Like you can't just be like, here's a suplex. Here's a body slam. Here's this. Like it has to, you know, we have to try to tell a story. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I see a pane of glass, like on the corner post and somebody gets uh, Irish whiffed into it and then they like slow themselves down in front of it and, like okay. take this breath like exactly I go like yeah that's it like that's what's gonna make me afraid of it yeah. because otherwise like I see this stuff and I'm like oh like they're not that uh, avoidant of it so it's probably not like it's probably all gimmicked and then you find out later it wasn't <laughs> like and and they could have like gotten yeah. so like they hurt themselves so bad and you're sitting there going like this isn't that big of a deal and they're sitting there going like this is a huge deal it's like it's like we could either get like a jump scare which is like oh uh, right or you can get like the slow build during the whole movie and then the crescendo comes at the end and you're like oh my god yeah 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 totally so if you're if this is what you're going back and watching now like what was the stuff that got you into wrestling um so like I watched it as a kid right and so very like attitude era mm-hmm so I loved Lita and the Hardy Boys and, like, the Dudley Boys. So for, I, like, really like tag team wrestling. I don't know. I, but, like, it was more so, like, they look cool. That's what got me to know. Yeah. Like, These people look really cool. I love trip pants. <laughs> yeah. I'm all too. Yeah. Get your UFOs out. And, <laughs> like, like... <laughs> and then, like, I fell off. Um, and then uh, somebody in college, like, liked it nostalgically. And we sat down and we watched... The six man Armageddon Hell in a Cell match. Where Rikishi takes the big bump onto the <laughs> onto the hay bales in the truck. And I was like, I'm back, baby. I'm back. <laughs> and I so I just started just watching like a ton of like WWE again. And then what really got me was like NXT. Yes. Because like that era of NXT, everybody was like a character and like they all had a person. There was like Bailey, Sasha, Sami Zayn, like all of them, and like they were all so different. But, like, I was invested in everybody so much that I was, like, everyone's. I was, like, watching it and watching it. And then I was, like, I want to, like, I want to do this. And so then that's when I found a school. Yeah. And became a wrestler. I was, like, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, and the audiences in that era, too. Like, the NXT audience specifically. Yeah. They were into everything. And there was also this vibe about NXT in that era where it was, like, I can't believe this is happening with these people under a WWE yes. umbrella. Like, that, yeah, I feel like that is one of those moments where it was like, oh, wrestling is so much more than I realized it was. Like, wrestling is so much bigger, there, right? There was, like, right when I, like, got back into wrestling, I didn't know that independence existed. Wow. Nobody I knew, everybody I knew was just like, oh, yeah, I used to watch that as a kid. Mm-hmm. And so I, I literally only knew about what was on TV. And then when NXT, like when I started getting into NXT is when I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. These people came from somewhere? <laughs> they like, don't just appear? Exactly. Like, I mean, everybody who hears me say this can make fun of me, whatever. I don't care. Mm-hmm. But like, I just, I did not know independence existed. And the moment, like I got into NXT and I found out that they had like, they didn't just pull someone off the street and go, you want to be a wrestler? <laughs> like, I was like, yo. And that's when I started watching like independent stuff. And then I found the independents in my area uh-huh. and went, and I'm like, wait, you wrestled this person? Like what's going on? Like, and then it just like, yeah. So at what point did your like brain expand to the point? Cause when you're first training, that means you're going like, okay, 
I want to train so I can work independent, so I can get to NXT, so I can get to WWE. Like, that's what I do. When did that sort of realization come in where you're like, well, there's like multiple lives to have in wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, you can be this person who is this super buzzed about, super successful traveling wrestler again. I like, I guess, because like, obviously, when I first joined the school, I was like, I'm joining the school and I'm gonna go to TV. Like, like that's what you want to do. I yeah. don't. I don't. I got about. my wetsuit T-shirt. I got my cargo pants. I'm gonna be the next Hardy Boy. Let's go. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't think about like, oh, I wanna, I wanna travel Texas and do that, and then I'll go. I don't. I'm not thinking about it because like it's still also new to me. I don't realize that this Chicago scene exists or this exists. I'm like literally just trying to like scavenge Twitter now at this point and just like find all these places and all these people. And then you kind of have to be immersed in it for a little bit to realize like, oh, this person's over on the independence or like this person has buzz or like this person, this person. So it was probably like, or it's like you have to find people who are willing to give you that info. So like Ricky is somebody that like finally after about like a year, like let me in. Because, like, he would go to the school and, like, anybody can agree with this, you know, a bunch of people will join, but not all those people are going to stay. Right. So he's not, like, so obviously, you know, me, whoever joins, he's not immediately going to be, like, welcoming with open arms. Like, hey, we're buddies. Like, let me help you do this. Like, you got to kind of, like, prove that you're. And not even in, like, a gatekeeper. Well, maybe in a gatekeeper. But, like. Almost in a, like, I, no, I've been burned. Exactly. Like, I'll give myself to a person and they'll disappear. Too. Yeah. You know, you, you give out all this advice, you give out all this time and this energy, and then you just watch them leave or you watch them go completely do a different thing that's dumb. And you're like, you know, I can't keep, like, giving myself now. I got to either focus on me or really, like, make it count. And, like, when me and Ricky, like, really became friends, like, that's somebody I was like, okay, this is the opinion I need to listen to because I think he's great. And I was right. <laughs> Look at him now. I like when I went to one of my first independent shows or no, I went to a music festival mm-hmm. and they did they you know how like sometimes at Warp Tour they have like wrestling. Sure. That's what they did in Austin. There was like this music festival and the independence of Austin ran and so they're in the grass, like they're coming out through like this curtain that's blowing, like their locker rooms in a tent, like it's awful. But he walks out and I was like, Who is that? Like he looks like he should be on TV. Like, I just was, like, enamored with him. I was like, he looks like the real deal, blah, blah, blah. And then when I joined my school, I was like, that's him. Like, that's <laughs> the guy. And then now we're friends. And I'm like, ah. And now he is on TV. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. I love, too, that, like, it doesn't seem like your enthusiasm for all this has, not only is it not, like, waned at all, like, it seems like your enthusiasm, like, it feels like every time you learn new things about wrestling or every time you evolve as a person and a wrestler, your enthusiasm for it grows. I love wrestling. Like, all the time, like, you'll, you know, when you get bogged down and you talk to your friends, you're like, oh, I can't believe this. this sure, so of course. Yeah. You know, we all do that like, yeah. at our jobs, et cetera. But, yeah. like, at the end of the day, like, I love wrestling. I love, I still can watch it as a fan, like, especially, like, Mania. If I watch Mania, I'm like, I'm not studying this at all. Like, I just want to watch it and enjoy it and there's so many times where like i'll have to watch something like twice because it's like oh whoa 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 it's like okay go back and watch it and now realize why they did that allison like chill yeah yeah like i can do that like i'm excited to learn new things in the ring like i'm excited because like i was never athletic Mm -hmm. 
I'm still pretty much not athletic. <laughs> so like anytime I do something. I was never athletic, including right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So any like yesterday I did a whole bunch of leapfrogs at training and I was like, let's go. That's like, amazing. Like, and it shouldn't like it shouldn't be amazing, but like I always get in my head and I go, I know I can't do a leapfrog good, so I'm just not gonna do one today. And today I went, No, I'm gonna do one and I did it. So or like I made myself do a moonsault like a year ago and I'm like, Yeah, let's go. Yeah. You're le- now you're finally Lita. So exactly. <laughs> yeah. Let me pull my thong out. Um, so like I get excited about that. I get excited when I like think I can't do something and then I do it. Or, yeah. Like, I get excited because there are so many good people that you meet and you hang out with or there are so cool fans or there's other art aspects to it. Like like, oh my God, like that edit you did of me that's so cool you made me look so cool this person drew me like i love that like there's so many things to be excited about yeah yeah it is it really is amazing i figured that you were very excited about this i was watching like a bunch of recent interviews that you've done before this obviously mm-hmm. and uh i think that you must have gotten a kick out of how many like wrestling journalist website guys you got to say the phrase hot girl shit <laughs> when you were promoting that show because oh, it was just like everybody going like uh and you're promoting the show uh hot girl shit <laughs> it's like because i could see your face in some of the interviews going like yeah <laughs> it w- i named it that thinking it was going to be like because like every, it's like always gcw presents draft day gcw presents slime season so i thought it was just going to be like a one-off real hot girl shit and that was it yeah for and i didn't even know we were gonna do another one like etc so when brett hits me up and he's like okay we're doing real hot girl shit again i was like <laughs> we are <laughs> and it's real hot girl shit still <laughs> love it like, yeah i just want like i want meg to see it this is it's like a megan the stallion sure thing. sure sure so yeah I'm like oh my god one day megan the stallion she's gonna see me saying real hot girl shit she's gonna come to the show she's gonna retweet me oh my god yeah, no, I mean, I, I love it because I think that, like, pop culture, like, wrestling at its best always reflects pop culture. Like, people, maybe like you, when you're rediscovering wrestling in college, could have seen something that reminded you of another thing that you liked and it's being reflected in wrestling or whatever. And I feel like pop culture is so wide because of the internet that there's so much of it that isn't reflected in wrestling at all and i feel like this is a whole kind of culture that really isn't and i I really think that there are a lot of people who would see that and at least go like oh like i'll at least look at it now whether they'll like it or not it you know put on a good show they'll like it but like they'll look at it now and and maybe look at wrestling differently i hope so like that's the thing is like let's like let's make wrestling boom again like yeah let's let's make everybody like it let's be on commercials again like let's have like cool stuff there's just there's so many things that people can relate to now like people have like an e-boy gimmick now Mm -hmm. and like my mom and my grandma definitely don't know what that is but like young people are like oh e-boy yeah i have tiktok i know what that is yeah now it's like now all these people are gonna watch it or like you know bad bunny yeah Boom. Yeah. What? Yeah. Like, Shaq. Like, all these, like, like let's all mingle. Let's all work together and be cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it really is funny. because And then you will find wrestling fans that are like, I don't know why he's here. Nobody knows who that is. And you're like, just 
let let the universe expand. Universes expand. Let the universe continue to expand the way it's supposed to, because otherwise it'll collapse in on itself, right? I've learned that those types of people who want to just like push anything new. This isn't what I'm or, used yeah, to. Like, what are they doing? Like, yeah. Or anything like out of the box or it's like those are usually the people that don't buy my shirts. Right. So I don't listen to them. Right. Because usually they just want to complain and they just want to be negative about stuff. Right. All the people that are like, that was sick. My friend is now watching it because so-and-so was on it. Guess what? They actually enjoy wrestling and they actually enjoy watching it and loving it and supporting wrestling and they buy my shirts. Yeah. So at that point, I finally have come to terms with like, you can't like, it's good to take critique and it's good to like take in feedback. But at one, at some point, people are just being mean to be mean or like people are just like, trying to cause drama or something it's like no bad bunny was cool this person is cool like, yeah it's all cool sorry like yeah. did you not see him talking to jay-z and them saying <laughs> wrestlemania is bigger than that like, right hello? i'd be like yeah finally somebody going on tv and being like hey by the way wrestling's real and it's like yes, yes. i've been waiting for this since like 1980 hello. like <laughs> i have someone in, very big in the music industry somebody in a sport right both of them being like that was really cool that you did that. Thank yeah, thanks. Yeah. It was cool that we do this. Yes, yes. Thank you. And not like kind of laughing about it like right. yeah, I mean it's cool. Like there was no irony. Exactly. They were like, oh wow. Yeah. It's just like me. Yeah, yeah. This was badass and also Undertaker and Triple H are the man. Exactly. And that's it. Yeah. That's it. Because like we they, we should honestly, like, we should live in a world where Jay-Z and the Undertaker and Triple H are all sitting in a room with a mutual respect right. for each other like, because wrestling is, I mean, it means that much to people. It means more to a lot of people. Like it's- It's a sport and a movie. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's all of these combined. Like I want us to get back to the point where we are all household names again. Like yeah. you can ask my, my grandma and she'll know who The Rock is and she'll know who Stone Cold is. So it's like, we are back getting to that point where like my, grandparents or whoever that don't watch wrestling are still going to know the names of these people despite like not watching it every week like i want to get back to that because you can't avoid it exactly yeah like, we're going to be on snl we're going to be on this like, yes. we're going to be in commercials we're going to be at the super bowl like let's get back to that yeah yeah and it not being one thing right it yeah. looking all these different ways and like wrestling is really just that kind of nucleus that that yeah. everything is is kind of attracted to and everything yeah i i i couldn't possibly agree more what, what was your family's reaction obviously supportive family now like your mom is sitting there having mimosas and flipping off <laughs> nick gage and, and, yeah. and understanding when you're you know getting impaled um but at first when you're like okay this is what i'm gonna do with my life i'm gonna travel the country i'm gonna be a professional wrestler also a cat um, <laughs> what, what was, what was the family reaction at first? They were, they were still supportive. Like That's they, awesome. they've been supportive from the get go. Cause I've always been like the creative type. Yes. Like I was going to college to be like a writer mm -hmm. or you know, I was like getting an English degree. So it was, it was never like, oh, can't believe you're going to be a wrestler, not a doctor. Like it was never like that. Right. Family. And like both of my parents like did creative jobs so like they get it like they were both like artists pretty much too so they get it when i'm like hey i want to do this instead of this right now because that was that was my argument i was like because i was scared to tell them mm -hmm. and i was like well you know 
I'm not getting any younger. And, uh, and, and I'm like early 20s, but I'm still like, <laughs> I'm like, I can't, I can't wait and, you know, go to college and get this job and then do it. It might be too late. You know, yeah. if I do it while I'm young, then I have all this time and blah, blah. And they're like, well, I mean, it's your money. Like, if you have the money to do it and then do it. They, they always were just like, if you're going to do something, do it 100%. So if you're going to do it, you need to do it. And I mm-hmm. said, okay, well, here's a school. Like, I'm going to be living here. Like, their only thing is, like, they hate that I moved away. Sure. So, like, that's that's the only thing is every time I come back home, my grandparents especially like, well, you can come back anytime you want. I'm like, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting closer. I promise. Like, I know. I never get to see y'all, but I'll be back soon. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. Were you, were you going to leave the business like a... a- I was. A year or two ago? Yes. I had, like, this, like, big life-changing event. Like, I lost, like, a lot of stuff. And um, I did not handle it well. I did not handle it well. Like, nothing Mm -hmm. like that had ever happened to me. Um, So I was, like, my immediate reaction was, like, I want to be, I want to step away from this because, like, I want to handle myself. I want to take care of me. And I felt like if I was having to worry about wrestling and traveling and like it was going to be too much mm. it was like i don't have a home now like i'm homeless like i don't know what i'm going to do like i don't have a job right now either i was just wrestling so mm-hmm. i was like it was all just like too much at once and i was like i have to step away from wrestling and get like my real life together but then so i was going to finish out my bookings and then just like that was it but then as i was finishing out my bookings like I don't know, like I was using all the worry and like the pain and all that that I was going through in my matches more. Like I was just, I kind of like let go. I thought I was leaving, so I let go. Yeah. And people always talk about that moment. They're like, once you let go, like it clicks. So I let go and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to wrestle and have fun until I'm done. And then I just started like having like good matches and like having a really good time and like really connecting with more people because I was like, well, I don't care I'm going to be myself. Like, I'm not worried about this because I'm leaving. And then all these fans, like, reached out and, like, were very supportive of me. And, like, all these people were there for me. That I was like, no, this is what's good for me. Like, I have to stay. Like, I need to stay and work things out. I can I can make it work. I can do both. And then, boom, I did. I found a home. I got a job. Like, started wrestling more. Like, got really good bookings. Like, it all just, like, worked out very well. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's amazing. What's amazing to me is like that when you think about it, in I feel like in the last year, so much has happened for you in a time when like <laughs> right. it shouldn't be happening. But I feel like I feel like it was it started like the the buzz started to really build right before everything got locked down. Yes. And then somehow, you know, over the course of lockdown and then coming back and then going back down and then coming back and trying to figure it all out, it's like, it feels like you're at a much higher place now than you've ever been. It's kind of pretty remarkable. It was, because it was at the end of like 2019 that, or it was like the middle of 2019 where I was like, well, I'm out of here. And then like I had this match at GCW with Pinky that a bunch of people were like, what? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, sorry, that was crazy. <laughs> I got hit with a chair and I just started like doing something like that. And then I had the Nick Gage match and like a Mance Warner match. Like yeah. both right at the beginning of 2020 where I, and that was when I was like, oh, this is my year. 
I'm about to blow up this year. And then March happened and it was like, <clears throat> I was like are you kidding me? Like January with like Nick, like I was in such a better place, like mentally, uh, emotionally, like everything that I was like, okay, like I'm rocking and rolling. Let's keep it going. February hit. And I was like, yeah, I'm here. I'm there. I'm there. March. And I went, what? So I'm very grateful that like when things like slightly opened up that I was able to like come back and start wrestling again because I was like I need it like I'm I was like I was here like I was like this was supposed to be my time like I felt like I was really like buzzing and like going places like I was supposed to go to the UK like that's I was literally supposed to go to the UK in April oh yeah yeah I was supposed to Uh. I had like 10 mania bookings so I was like mania 10 bookings UK immediately after mania like I was gonna do OTT wow yeah and so when things opened up, I was like, okay, that's all gone. Let's keep it moving. Let's build it back up. So that's just been what I've been trying to do. And then now I was like, okay, getting a little stale again. Like, I feel like I need to open some more doors. I need to get some more places, change the gimmick. And now again, I'm like, okay, we're going like that Joey match. I'm like, we're back. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, and I would hope so. Is there, I mean, I don't know. I don't like the whole, like, uh, question about goals and where you want to end up and stuff like that because i feel like you're at a place in your career where you know that you'll i hope that you know that you'll kind of be where you're supposed to be like i mean things are thing i feel like things are good for you now so it's like however things end up things end up and it will probably be the right spot i would think like your instincts have taken you well so far i mean is that is that your perspective or is that i mean that's a lot easier for me looking on being like yeah she's doing great she's just gonna keep doing great like i would imagine for you it's a little bit different because you're living in your head so i like i've read like a lot of books lately and like over the last few months i've been really like i don't know like I'm one of those like astrology tarot card people now okay does that explain it (laughs) but i'm very much like I'm going to be where I'm supposed to be. Like, I, I'm not going to worry about, like, I have to be here. I have to be there. I'm just going to do the work. Right. And wherever it takes me, that's where I'm supposed to end up. And then I will, you you just, like, correct from there. Like, okay, Alley Cat was great. Loved her. But let's do something new. Let's do different work. Let's do the work. Let's watch more wrestling. Let's go to the gym harder. And now that is going to take me somewhere else. Because, like, I love the path that I was on. I love being on the independence. I love the matches and the locker rooms I'm in. But I want to see something else mm-hmm. eventually, too. So, like, now, wherever I end up, like, my goal is to, like, I don't, I could be here forever and that would be fine. Like, as long as I'm, you know, able to live comfortably and right. have fun and be creative and make art, that's great. However, like, I don't want to get comfortable or complacent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't want to, like, say a name and be like, I want to be here. I want to be there because everything is a good option because it's all of it is a level above where I am now. Mm -hmm. So, like, if, like, an ROH came by, I'd be like, yes, that's great because that is a level above. AEW, like, all of those, those are all steps up. So I'm down to, to do the work and end up wherever I go. Yeah. And I've been talking about this a lot recently i really would love it if like nxt specifically kind of got on 
board the way they used to with the independence and the kind of boom that I feel like is happening and bubbling and like, you know, where they start bringing people in with the same gimmicks. Like, I mean, when Danhausen was on the show, I'm like, how amazing would it be if you're sitting there watching Takeover and Danhausen is just in the front row, full paint, full everything, or like, you know, like, I, I feel like if you were to go to any of those places that you just named, mm -hmm. you would kind of, you already know what you do. You'd kind of go in doing what you do. Right. Which I think is really cool. And that, like, I'm flexible. I will go, like, that was like, always that was the goal though. It's like, how cool would it be if yeah. I ended up on TV as a cat? <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? Or like, like the joke was always like, yeah, but what if they change? I'd be like, I'd be Callie Co. Yeah. <laughs> or like, what if they go, I'd be like, well, what? What are they going to do? Be like, we don't like the cat. Can you be a giraffe? I'd be like, you got it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm a giraffe now. But like, uh, also, you know, they, there's like a plethora of knowledge at all of these higher up places. Yes. So if they're like, hey, we think you'd be better like this, I'd be like, okay, then let me do that. Right. Because if you think my potential is more than just this, then I'm going to listen to you and do that. So like, there's like two sides to that. Where it'd be, it'd be cool to be a cat, but also I want to reach like my superstardom. Yeah, I mean, based on everything that you've talked about here, I feel like you come across to me as somebody who even though you have a thing that you do is like extremely coachable. Like, as you said, somebody's like, you should hide it someplace else. And you're like, okay. Yeah. And that wasn't the best idea in the world, but you do take advice, right? right. That's like, the point. Like, I'm go like, I'm gonna listen to the deathmatch wrestler on where they put theirs. So yeah. I did it. And then you learn and then you correct. <laughs> right, you learn, right. That doesn't work for me. Right, right. I'm not yeah. doing that one yeah. again. That I feel like is the most valuable type of person is the person who doesn't make a mistake twice. It's not that big of a deal if you make a mistake, but like people who repeat the same mistakes over and over again, I'm like, what are you doing? Stop putting the fork what are you in <laughs> the outlet, please. Yeah, it's gonna, same thing's gonna happen. Same exact thing. Well, uh, I'm so glad that you uh, came by. This was so great for, so a couple of, for people who are just getting to meet you now, and I'm sure have become great fans over the course of the last hour, <laughs> where can people follow you and is there are there any matches that they should look up, whether it be on Fight or YouTube or whatever, that you're like, yeah, I mean, as I said, you can go on the Fight app and you can find the Nick Gage match at, uh, it was the Austin show. It was, was it like, yes, take a photo, take a photo, take a photo. OK, yes. so, yeah, if you look up, take a photo, you'll see it. And the Joey Janela match is on Draft J, Draft Day. Those are both the uh, GCW shows on fight. Mm -hmm. Are there other matches that that you want to throw people to that maybe haven't seen you before? Um, uh, <laughs> any match I've had with Jordan Grace, okay, watch it. It's probably very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I wish I would have thought of a match to be like, yeah, I'm good. Watch this. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, your sizzle, yeah, your sizzle hey, reel, like hey, listen. Yeah. It's weird because now I'm like doing the different things so it's like right like what side do you want to I, I mean i really liked me and billy at real hot girl shit there you go yeah so there that that was good that was like i think that was my last match before i changed yeah and that was where i was like or me versus willow at real hot girl shit the january one i loved i liked both of those because that's when that match with willow is when i was like 
I think I'm gonna step away from this mm. and maybe do something new. So I just really kind of was like, I'm gonna focus really on the wrestling. Yeah, yeah. And if you're if you're a gift person, you can find the gif of the spike pile driver on Warhorse that changed everything, right? Yes. Like that's, <laughs> that'll be good. And where can people follow you on Twitter and Instagram and all that good uh, stuff? Twitter and Instagram, like I haven't changed the handles yet. Uh, mm-hmm. So they're still meowdy y'all. <laughs> um, so it's M-E-O-W-D-Y-X-Y-A-L-L. Okay. Like howdy. Right. No, I got like, it. Yeah, so, you're... Some people don't know. Uh, Veda Scott uh-huh. did not read it to save her life. She thought, she goes, every time she goes, I thought it was melody y'all <laughs> and i didn't know what it was like i'm a cat from texas hello listen i'm not gonna say it <laughs> <laughs> well yeah uh follow along look it up and uh you plug every, all all your dates and everything on on twitter and everything For so sure. do you have anything coming up in the next couple weeks that you want people to know about obviously not this weekend because this will air on monday but uh oh, dang i know <gasps> I can't even think of what I have next week. Well, whatever. They can follow you on Twitter. I'm an old lady. I have a planner. Do you do you write it down? I, I write all my That's stuff awesome. down. So like when people on the weekend, they're like, hey, are you available to stay? And I'm like, well, let me get back to you when I get home. Gotta <laughs> check the planner. Don't bring the planner with me. <laughs> it's at home. Have you ever, have you seen the Joan Rivers documentary? No. She has like, like she's obsessed with work. Well, she was, you know, before she passed away. Right. She was obsessed with working all the time. Oh boy. Like even like, to the very end of her life. And she's like this, you know, old woman, Joan Rivers. And she has this big planner that she writes in and she's got all her boxes and everything. And like every day has to be full. One day. Yeah. It'll all be full. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. Thank you, Allie Catch. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, Subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Not Sam Wrestling.